0: Aherna, the poet of Ulster, was fishing on the banks of the River Mourne one day. And as he was casting his line, he was casting his thoughts. And his thoughts flowed with the flow of the river. And the thing that Aherna was musing on was power and greatness. He knew himself to be great. He was one of the greatest satirists that had ever lived. With his words, he could raise a blister of shame on the fairest face. With his words, he could bring down a king. With his words, with his satire, he could do almost anything. Even in his mother's womb, he had spoken a stanza that had broke the barrels of ale in a house where she was refused a drink. Aherna was small of stature, but he felt no fear No insecurity walking in the halls of power with kings and queens and great warriors. Huge brutes of them with swelling muscles and bristling beards. And himself was not fair of face but he did not blush to stand beside the greatest beauties in the land because he knew his own power power of the poet, the power of words, he knew how well he could wield that, and of his fellow poets, Arna thought seldom, and when he did think of them, it was to ponder their strange politeness. For Arna demanded what Arna wanted. He did not pay any consideration to what his hosts might think. In fact, it was the opposite. He liked to find the thing that they did not want to part with. He liked to find the thing that would make them question their worth as a king or a queen. And he liked to ask them for just that his words as pointed and precise as a dagger. Other poets held back from this. Held back by decorum or something else that Aherna did not quite understand. But Aherna knew that even among the great poets he was great. And this instinct he had his way of finding the weak spot and hitting someone just there. It was the thing that made him greater than the rest. It was the thing that made him a poet, beyond poets, a satirist of satirists. His musings carried him for some time, But he was brought back to time and reality by the grumbling of his stomach, and with it the realisation that he had not caught a fish. He had been standing by the banks of the River Moor a good long time now. And so Arna reached for his particular power, that magic he wielded. Of sound and of word. And he pulled the words that he wanted to the forefront of his mind. Only the sharpest words. The shortest and the sharpest, cutting like daggers. Brutal and hard as rocks that stop a river's flow. Thwarting words. Words hard, heavy, solid, immovable words. And he moved those words into stanzas and rhyme in his mind as he stood by the flow of the river. And as he saw the life of the river, the beauty of the flow of it, the birds that flew over it, the lushness on the banks of it, He found the words that were the opposite of flow and beauty and lush. The words that sounded against the sounds of the murmur and burble of the river. And he put them together. Into an insult. A satire. And then he opened his mouth and he spoke those stanzas at the River morn. A disgrace of a river, an excuse for a river, a sorry river. A river that barely could call itself a river, a trickle, a stream, and nothing. A dead river, no fish in it for Arna. He spoke a curse on that river, for it had denied him the satisfaction of a catch. In pure spite and pure exercise of his own power, he spoke against the river. And the river heard him. From its banks, deep within, The thing that was the River Mourn, the spirit of it, the life of it, that thing that was made of flow and burble and the lushness of the banks and the life that teemed within it, heard this sharp insult, felt it, felt the pain of it, the shame of it, the disgrace of it, Things that the river had not felt before. The words of Ahrna called it up to consciousness, to denigrate it. And when the river heard, the river mourn responded. Aherna was used to kings and woman kings, Ahrna was used to warriors who were afraid of shame more than they were afraid of death. Aherna was used to people who lived in a society who had a reputation that they cared about. Aherna had not counted on what a river would do when insulted. The first sign that he had that he had made a terrible, terrible mistake was when the water started to rise. It started to rise up around his fishing place. His feet were suddenly covered in swirling mud and he stumbled back from it, his empty rod still swinging by his side. And Aherna turned and went back to his home because he was used to someone else cleaning up after him. He was used to Crehor, or the Rua coming in to settle an insult that he had provoked. But no one could settle the river once roused. Because the river did not care about a reputation. The river did not know anything of status and pride The river raged In the torrent of its flood It flooded homes It carried people away Its gentle, burble and bubble and murmur was a roar and a shout louder than thunder and longer lasting and the people downstream of the River Mourne heard it coming before they saw it and scrambled out of its way many of them too late and if they got away with their lives they did not get away with their belongings houses, homes, cattle, farms, settlements all swept away in the river's path added to that roar and that grind and that tumult carried to the sea where the river became the sea carrying that insult with it now it was home that Ahrna went to hide away from what he'd done but he could not escape the consequences of it Countryside was in an uproar. The river's flood did not abate. His greatness, his legacy, his power. These things rattled in Aarna's mind, and they rattled in Aarna's heart, and they brought with him an unfamiliar sensation for the great poet a feeling of fear. He did not know how anyone would know that he had done this, that he had caused the River Mourn to burst its banks and flood, that he had caused this raging torrent of destruction. He did not know how anyone would know that, but he knew he was not the only poet in the country. He was not the only poet in the world. The stones of the road had called out the guilt of the sons of Terran. If the river could be roused by his angry words, the river could tell its story. And the last thing Aherna wanted was for the river to speak. And he did not want
1: that legacy.
0: He tried to frame it, in a way, and then another way. He tried to think to himself, this is a story that they might tell, and I can be the first to tell it, of how great the poetry of Arna is, like the poetry of Ammergan of the Sons of Mel who called to the land itself. And so the land accepted him. But no matter what way he told the story, it did not end. There was no satisfactory conclusion. Because the river still raged, and the river was still destructive. And the people who were killed were still dead. And the people who had fled were still in hiding, in refuge, away from their homes. And what kind of a legacy was that? The poet Aharna one day decided to insult a river and that is why the River Mourne is forevermore an angry, vicious tumult and torrent that none may approach for fear of their lives. There was certainly power in it. There was certainly prestige in it. But even the King of Ulster would find it hard to defend him for this. To wreak such havoc in his own province. To cause such destruction. And to do nothing. It was with great resistance and hesitation. And many late nights, pacing and muttering to himself, that Aherna realized that he was going to have to do something that pained him to his core. Aherna was going to have to apologize. He dressed for the occasion in all of his finery, which was considerable. He had been given gifts of fine clothing and fine jewels from the wealthiest people in the land. He brought with him witnesses to observe his power, because this would be the story of how Aharna tamed the raging flood. And he composed in his mind. He thought of words of soothing. Words of gentle, words of calm. Words that felt full and round and lush on the lips. Words of flow, words that were soft and rounded. And he put them together in a stanza, in praise of the River Morn, its gentleness, its bounty, its beauty, its abundance. And with his household assembled around him, to witness the great occasion, Ahrna stepped as close as he dared to the edge of the flood and with his voice carrying out over the torrent piercing through it even though it still raged as loud as it had he let loose his verses of praise and the river heard but the river still raged And so Arna had to think again. He had to recompose. He made the words even more beautiful than he had before. He put melody to them, a melody that sounded like the way that a calm, beautiful river on a lovely day feels. And he sang out over the torrent his verses. Of praise of the beautiful river. And when he fell silent, still the river raged. And so Arana spoke with less art this time and more desperation. The words wrenching from his lips as though he were fighting within himself whether to say them or not say them, inelegant, full of his own shame, I, Aharna, was petty and cruel for no reason but I could. What I said was unjust. I'm sorry. And the river, little by little, calmed. The flood receded. The waters ran gently. But Aherna's witnesses, they all knew. It did not need the river to speak. The story spread far and wide. Aherna, the poet. So petty, he insulted a river. So powerful, the river flooded. It was not the legacy he might have hoped for. But it was the story that he earned.